Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayley. Our campaign is entitled Intersections. It's part of the World War Cthulhu Cold War series. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode 17. I will be doing a recap as Dr. Jason Jacoby. So, without further delay, let's begin our journey and let's continue our journey into the darkness. These are the things that I, Dr. Jason Jacoby, biological research scientist, will record in my journal should I survive the day. Most people are ordinary. And for those who are ordinary, there needs to be a set of guidelines and rules in order to govern their lives. Uh, this was a concept ancient to humans and dates back as far as recorded history. What it boils down to for the ordinary folks is try not to cause harm to one another. But there have also always been other folks, folks like us, me and my comrades. In order for society to function, there has to be a cleanup crew to take care of the uh, dangerous and distasteful problems that may or might occur. And then amongst these soldiers, there are those with special knowledge who control the game, make all the important moves. I do not subscribe to the concept of magic. I am a scientist. I am not afraid to look into the darkness and see what is there. It is, in fact, the whole nature of science to do that very thing. In the past, man has reacted to the unknown in a ridiculous and superstitious manner, like a caveman leaving the safety of his cave, seeing the full moon and throwing rocks at it. Magic is science that we simply don't understand yet. But if we react by throwing rocks at it, we'll learn nothing of its true nature. All of my experience so far, as I walk into the darkness, remains firmly rooted in science. I am not a physicist, but I can accept that it might be possible. Indeed, we've demonstrated that it is possible to transfer matter from one place to another using a device that bends space somehow. I don't know how it works, but then I don't exactly know how an airplane flies, yet I don't hesitate to use one, and I certainly don't think that it's magic. I've tried to explain this to the others, that uh, something like Daleth is simply some sort of a probability engine, a computer, whose creators have used it to uh, exploit the unintelligent into thinking that it's magic. Eigel, I don't think she deserved to die. She could have eased the way forward into uh, for our understanding of how this probability engine worked. But <clears throat> as I am somewhat disappointed to say, instead of learning more, we threw rocks at it and smashed it and destroyed it. And now it may be lost forever. And when I say we did this, I say it because I'm part of Section 46. What a shame. What a horrible shame. Still, we do seem to have thwarted the plans of some sort of entity, H as we call her. 
her real plans would have been more affected, most affected on people who would have been dragged into the dreamlands by Eichel's gate, just another doorway. I get the impression that H is most effective in that realm. In any case, we stopped her by killing Miriam. Poor Miriam. She didn't really deserve to die either. Now, now we are after Vahidi, who I myself was convinced up was up to no good. How quickly did I pick up the rock and position myself for the throw? But in this moment, as I stand in this room in front of a doorway, leading possibly into another realm of existence, I wonder, did Vahidi transcend time and space? Did did she become one with Yogg-Sothoth? Is she now a god? Are we supposed to pray to her? I, I think not. This isn't any different than the science behind the teleportation spheres. Only this door remains open. And if she went through that way, something can come back through this way. Dear God, we need to close this door. Thank you very much, Tom. Indeed. So you have an open doorway before you, in fact, an open arch that beyond which extends illimitable mist where there are sigils, um, pictograms, if you will, made of light, which are suspended in air um, at varying heights, at various angles, going off into the distance. But immediately before you, not having crossed the threshold, is a figure in almost stone grey robes, about between seven and eight foot tall. Um, the hood of the robe completely covering its face so that you can't see any humanoid features. Um, and likewise, its arms crossed in front of it so you can't see its hands. They're just tucked up under the robes. You can see that it turns its head, swaying to get the whole um, the whole vista of what it sees before it, but doesn't speak. If I look around, do I see what seems to be generating this gate? You said there was something glowing in the room? Yeah, uh, you can see the light coming from the glowing pictograms on the other side is what's illuminating um, the room here with the occasional flash of the, um, the overhead lights. You can give me a Cthulhu Mythos roll. 78 now. Okay. Um, there doesn't appear to be anything specific that you can see that's keeping it open. Um, it's not as if there's um, rights that have, or various symbols that have been marked anywhere. Okay, the only object in the room that's doing this, so. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be tied to any one specific object as far as you can tell. Am I, am I right in remembering that there were some um, tables or trestles or something in this room? That's it. They've been pushed to one side, so there's effectively a long aisle which goes up towards this arch. I'm going to jump over the nearest table and use it for cover. Okay. Yep, you, you jump, you kick the various equipment that's on the, on the table out of the way. Um, yep, no, this thing doesn't seem to react. It just stands there. But you at least you have a, ta a big, hefty workbench between you and it. Okay. I mean, probably should follow suit, right? I mean, <laughs> I, 
My, my other question is, is there a sanity role involved in this? No, not, the, not at this point. All right, okay. I, I, whatever side postgate goes, I'll go opposite. So it's kind of like the okay. similar cover with my shotgun up. Oh, holy, what we're going to do now? Well, who's in the lead, right? Isn't it po wait, postgate was in the front, right? But now he's in the front, right? <laughs> It's now very definitely off to one side. And I, I came up the rear because I was looking at the creature um, downstairs. Um, Jacoby, go make friends with it. Well, I, I, just, I just yell, well, I, as loudly as I need to, I just say, who are you? Are you Vahidi? You can see that the head underneath turns and looks in your direction. And a voice that is both quiet yet resonant just uh, wafts across the air and just says I'm nothing but a humble guide a guide to what it just it gestures with one robed arm again its hand not being shown to beyond hmm. well, that's okay we're not taking this tour <laughs> Are we not? It's, it's head Cox. He, he said you might want to follow her. Um, I'm, I'm going to um, stick my head up from behind the, uh, the table. And do you lead the path to in, enlightenment? It nods. Are you ready for enlightenment? I'm, I'm going to climb back over the table um, so I'm closer to it. Well, I mean, what, what, what does it involve, this enlightenment? Involves understanding of your greater place in the universe. That's all Vahidi wanted and what she's told me that she wishes my service to convey but she realizes that the time is not right for her to attempt that, not here and not now, but other places, other times, certainly. So what, what is it then? What, what, what is on the other side of this gate um, to which you are the guide? Limbo, the place between spaces, the spaces between the spheres. Sphered space ends, and he just gestures towards the outline of the arch, ends beyond this point. Only the Magnum and Memoriam extends from here towards the ultimate gate. And the ultimate gate, I take it, is enlightenment. Passing through, one will need a silver key. Vahidi has that key. But I think for those who wish to follow her, my instruction is to say to you that she is willing to ascend, not on her own. We all have the capability of ascending to godhood, all of us? Well, technically, I was the one who was left an invitation. Um, yeah, and I have an appointment somewhere else later on. <laughs> so. yeah, he, he turns to look at um, to look at Eamon 
says it depends on what your definition of godhood would be. It's really no, it just seems like immortality and vulnerability. These are characteristics of many beings that exist in sphere, time, and space. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are gods. All-knowing, all-powerful, all-seeing, in all places at the same time. Ah, yeah. So this 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 limbo of yours, this this exists outside time as well as space. Time has no meaning here. Can somebody come back from the other side if they want to? Depending on where they have gone. Uh, Vahidi has left limbo. She has already passed on to another point in sphered time. But those who cross over this threshold can indeed cross back. Well, gentlemen, I'm not going to do it, but... Do we need to? Is there any point to it? Have we already done what we need to do? Well, is there any point to life itself? We don't know, but maybe there's something in there that'll tell you more. I mean, didn't we save the world? Isn't it over? We shut the gate and go home? Isn't it done? We thought Vahidi was the great danger. Now she doesn't seem to be. Where is this great danger that we're missing? H, H would have taken those people off the bridge and into the dream world and who knows what, enslaved them. But that's not the world. That's just the, that group of people she wanted. Uh, Vahidi wanted godhood and walked through this gate and was taken mm. to godhood. Where is the danger? I, I think H was the danger. She wanted to bring her friends to this side. And that could have been the end of the world right there, depending on what she brought over. Oh. And we've stopped that. I, I got the very strong impression that H doesn't have any real power on this side. Is she, she needed people to enslave on the other side. But this 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 isn't a path to through to the, the dreamland. And the figure just shakes its head. Yeah, so this this has nothing to do with H. No, I don't think it does. I agree. But I just think we did what we were supposed to. I don't we know were we were here to stop some horrible evil from destroying the world, and I don't think we've located it yet. I think we've made two great mistakes. Maybe. Could it be from something that uh, the brother of the skin is up to, or? Well, you know, the, the thing about mistakes, they, 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 they do say they come in threes, don't they? I have a feeling I'm about to make an enormous mistake. <laughs> well, we're not going to stop you if you want to go find out what's going on, but before you ascend and become a god, maybe you could come back and tell us that everything is okay. <laughs> I'll go with that. Nope. What's that, Natalia? I said, I'll go with him as backup. Really? And um, as I'm saying that, I'm loading up my, my sniper rifle. I sling it over my shoulder. I load up my pistol, sling that over my shoulder. I check to see if I have uh, 
some uh, flashbang grenades and some frag grenades. We're, we're, I, I'm not. I'm not sure we're going to need that. I mean, if if it's a if if we're heading to somewhere that's outside time, I mean, can can you die? Are you know. even alive? I don't know, but I like going prepared. Uh, the, the figure looks towards uh, Postgate and says, this is only one facet of existence. Whether you die or whether this vessel ends has no bearing on your other facets. You will continue to live the lives that you have lived and will live, regardless of what happens here and now. Ah, I see. So um, this 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 limbo of yours does it provide some sort of um, um, pathway be between uh, um, this life and other lives, or does it or or does it physically take this body to other times and spaces? Both. Passing through the ultimate gate will connect you with your other forms of existence. Like one example of a facet that you have lived, you have previously been a magician, a man who has walked the streets of New York by the name of Felix Epstein, turns towards uh, Volkova, says, you, you have also walked other paths, a biochemist by the name of Dawkins, all these answers and more, you could see facets of existence, not just on this world, but other spheres, other worlds, other times, other realities. This is what I have to offer. There is no danger here. Okay. I still carry my weapons. I, I, I feel like they're like a security blanket for me right now. I'm, I'm going to turn back to the others and... Uh... I'm sorry. This is this is just um, this is altogether too fascinating. It is, um, for better or for worse. I th I think I have to see what what waits on the other side. Well, Henry and I reach out my hand to shake yours. It was. Uh, I, should do just this. I apologize for hurting you that one time. Uh, I oh, wish you the best of so luck. A, a mere bagatelle, whatever that is. Bring us, bring us back whatever knowledge you can. Hopefully, uh, you yes. won't be tempted to the. God. I'm sorry, I can't help but laugh. Laveau, what about you? Clearly, this invitation is open to everybody, right? Not just Postgate. I think so. I think this 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 uh, being just exists to to facilitate our our entry in there if we want to go. I don't think there's any other criteria other than just wanting to go. I think. Why not? I mean, I mean, it could all be a huge trap. <laughs> but if so, it's an, it's a a, a, a a really unnecessary elaborate one nothing else we can continue our quote mission from the other side oh, if, oh. i need to flip a coin or something jacoby what do you think you going to stay here for sure i'm staying here for sure yes absolutely i i suggest 
Amen that you stay here too. Well, there's no time like the present, and I'm just <laughs> going to walk through. Okay. He gone. <laughs> okay, you step on over. Uh, anyone else going? I am. Oh, What's oh, all oh. this about over? <laughs> <laughs> it just goes black. <laughs> Uh-oh. Right, so um, Volkova um, steps over. Yep. And is Lebeau going as well? I will, hesitantly, but but moving forward. Okay. Um, as you step, each of you steps over the threshold, um, you each lose one magic point and one d4 sanity. Do we see them when they go past the, on the other side? Yeah, they, they do. And it's just literally like stepping through a doorway. Um, you can see mist slowly start to wrap around them, but it's not impenetrable. It's just that obviously visibility gets a little Hurrah. What's it like, 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 on the other, other side, 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 side? <laughs> it smells like cookies. <laughs> cookies? Dub, 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 dub. <laughs> oh, I'm just screaming. Um, I guess we'll stand, we'll stand vigilant, Tom, or Jacoby, until they... Oh, oh, overall, there is a smell of fried onions. <laughs> it does. It, it feels a little almost lightheaded when you go through, as if you're... Of a swimming at the bottom of a swim, swimming pool, but you're still in air. That it's almost like a pressure that's around you, and everything's very slightly muffled. That feeling when you get water in your ears. Oh. But yeah, again, you can see now all around you that this this mist just goes off into infinity in all directions. In fact, it almost seems like you're walking on mist. It seems as though there isn't really a solid floor here. Um, and that these lights are just scattered throughout this whole void. Ooh, um, is the guide with us? Yeah, he's still there. Yeah, so, just... um, what, what, what do we do now? Where, where do we go? How do we begin? Um, he just uh, raises an arm and then beckons and then starts to glide off in the direction that he came. Uh, I'll follow um, uh, the way he glides. Yeah. Uh, likewise with Natalia and Robert? Yep. Yep. In which case, um, Tom and Eamon see uh, your compatriots start to walk off into the distance until there is just mist mm -hmm. and this open gateway in front of you. Um, for Natalia, Robert and Henry, um, you see in the distance that there are a series of pillars which start to come into focus, um, probably when you're about 10 meters out, and that there are other robed figures very similar in demeanor to, or appearance to this figure that's in front of you. Um, each one is sat on top of the pillar, cross-legged, um, motionless, almost like statues. Um, their heads very slightly bowed, and again, robes over the, over the faces. Um, the guide turns around, Look at this is where those amongst you who will learn to carve the silver key will come. Vahidi said to instruct you that those who wanted to come and those that are willing to proceed from here, he just gestures to one of the nearby 
glowing pictograms should go through that gate and find her on the other side. Those of you that wish to remain in this time and space have the option of being shown back to the arch or you may beseech one of the ancient ones here if you have any questions or any insights you wish to learn. What, what, what is the purpose of this um, silver key of it's which open. you speak? To open the ultimate gate. A gate is nothing if it doesn't have a key. You see. And, and, and this, this is the process by which one achieves ascension, as, as I believe it's called. To join the ranks of the Ancient Ones and gain omnipotence. Stepping outside of time and space and knowing all there is to know. Hmm. Does sound rather interesting, doesn't it? And you, sh you say she went this way. Nods. Now, I understand the way that the universe works. As one wise man once said, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So what's the price that we need to pay in order to acquire this, uh, this enlightenment? You need to learn how to use the key. That does not come without practice. It does not come without research. It does not come without effort. And there is a degree of danger for those who attempt the process without the correct preparation. Um, you, you, you said this place where we are now, this exists outside of time and space. It nods. So, irrespective of the time, relative time here, when I go through that gate, the um, physical time on the other side will be the same. It looks at you as if it's got cocking its head from one side to the next. Here connects with all times and all spaces. It depends where one enters and where one leaves. Well, let me put it this way. If I were to, were to postulate two, um, two alternatives. Um, in, in the first version, um, I walk through that gate and end up in a time and place. In the second version, I spend a considerable period here learning how to construct a silver key and then I walk through that gate. In version two, do I still end up in the same time and place as I did when I walked through the gate in version one? With that, he points towards the particular one that you're pointing. 
in that case, there will be a difference in time. This is not the same for all gates here. I see. I see. Hmm. Well. What, what, what does it involve precisely learning to create the silver key? There's a certain degree of metallurgy required, a certain degree of craftsmanship, a certain degree of understanding oneself and one's place in the universe. So it requires someone who's reasonably adept. It not. But once they have this silver key, I take it they can open the gate on, on behalf of others, not just... No, it is their key. It is they their key. The ones, they would be the ones that open it. Ah, so one must need one's own key. Well. Oh, well, in for a penny, in for a pound, I say. Uh, in, uh, in for a penny, in for a dollar, <laughs> I should say, in character. Um... Might, might I petition someone to learn how to make a silver key? I believe that is Vahidi's offer. Oh, it's her offer that she's going to teach me how to... Ah. Well, um, that one, you say? It nods. Okay, well, thank you very much for, uh, for showing me on my way. And um, uh, hopefully we will, uh, we will meet again. Um, it's been most edifying. It just nods. And um, with a, a little tentative hop, I'm going to pop through the gate. Okay, and in a flash, host gate is no longer there. Oh, I can suddenly hear the theme tune from Jamie and the Magic Torch. <laughs> um, how about Lebeau and Volkova? Are you following through or are you, uh, you holding back? I'll follow through. Okay. I've, I've walked this far, you know, I've come this far, so. Okay, you jump on through as well. Yep. And again, vanish. The bow, you're the last one left. Yep, why not? As I understand it, the key is through Vahidi. Um, and I hope that she was making the offer to all of us. So with that, I'm going to step through. Okay, there again is a flash, and we go back to Tom and, or rather, go back to Jacoby and Eamon. I uh, understand you've been having a look, for the messages I've got, having a look at how to close um, this arch. Yeah, just as a contingency in case something starts heading back this way that isn't our friends. Um, it seems a good few minutes pass, and there is just the rolling of mist and the occasional flickering of lights in there. Uh, the, the longer you spend looking at this, the sudden penny drop occurs as you pass your intelligence roll that I asked for, that it's the arch itself is part of the mechanism here, that particularly when this figure made reference to the fact that it's across this line, that's what needs to start, that's what needs to be disrupted. So if you knock out the keystone or any one of the, um, the stone bricks that forms this arch, in theory, it should collapse in on itself and close. 
if we damage it in some way. Yeah. All right. So. I, mean, I can, I mean, he's got the butt of a shotgun. I mean, he could blast part of the wall out or something like that. Right. So is that be too hard, but, um, yeah, well, well, before we resort to doing that, I'm going to look around, see if there's any books, tomes, things that. Ekmechi's room was upstairs, like not the first level we came in on, but upstairs above that. I can holler at you if you need to, but that, there might be something there. All right. Yeah, there might be something. I mean, obviously, how did she learn how to make this gate and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. And there's, of course, I think there was bookshelves on the first floor where we came in at too. So there's a lot of material. So let me go oh, take a quick look. But yeah, yeah, if you yell, I will come running back. Or listen for a firing of a gun. Just don't be too long. Just a cursory glance. You I'll drop whatever I'm doing and come right back. Wait a minute. I just thought about this. Didn't we have the gold things to warp out of there? Doesn't Postgate have the gold things? The spheres? I think he did have them, yes. <laughs> okay, so we have to take a boat back or swim. Just, just, you're taking the long route back. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I just realize that anyway. also one thing that i'm going to look for when i'm looking around is the uh the golden pyramid that she was making oh. um you i won't bother putting down for spot hidden rolls because there's no urgency right. or no um no pressure at this point um, looking around the workshop you do find some schematics for all these blueprints for a pyramid okay. um, it's very very similar to the one that you saw um, Al Bafus, the fisherman. Mm -hmm. It looks slightly bigger, and some of the designs are slightly different. But, but it's detailed it's enough. Different. It's detailed enough that I could actually follow this blueprint and create such a thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah, this is really, really detailed. Okay, well, that's gonna get <laughs> right in there. Yes. Gotcha. Um, and um, Aiman heading upstairs. Um, you head up to the next floor above you, which is the kind of the communal area where you've um, got the large orb, the sofas, the bookcases, and so on. Um, above that is pretty much a very basic, almost like a bunk room, where there are some beds and very little else. Um, it's very practical and very functional rather than being um, very aesthetic. Going back downstairs where you can see the only other books are in the place, I mentioned that there had been a bit as if the place had been tossed over a bit, that someone had been quickly, frantically grabbing some stuff. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, um, what you could call the juicy occult tomes, um, they are gone. But you do notice there are a couple of interesting titles that are left. Um, there's one copy of Cult de Ghoul that sat on the floor. Um, an English translation of Nameless Cults. And uh, also a binding, this is almost as if it's a, um, a copy of a transcript of the Ponape scripture. The Ponape um, I, I'm like, I look around. Eamon didn't follow me up here. No, you I'm staying. Stay, I'm staying. I think we should probably stay by the arch. All right. Well, if it's not, if it's not ponderous and big, I'm also going to put the, the Ponape manuscript in here. <laughs> That's very relevant, actually, for me. Uh -huh. um, though I, I'm, I didn't know such thing had existed. I almost feel it'd be relevant for me in some ways, but I feel we have different reasons to use it. 
It's a good find. The other books, Unash Sparklick and Colton, but the English version. Um, I think there's a copy of that that I've probably run across. I didn't think it was that interesting. Um, I didn't really read it. I don't think I'm German. Do I know German? No, I don't have German anyway. Oh, and this is an English translation, which means it's probably not very accurate. Um, I can't. I can't carry a bunch of books around with me, so although I'm very interested in what they might say, I'm just, I'm going to leave. But I've got the Ponape one and I've got the, the blueprint. Nice. Um, the, as you pick up the Ponape scripture then, um, again, a little um, penny drop moment happens when you're thinking about what loose ends have you got left? And as you're saying, who is the enemy? What is the threat? The only remaining thread that you can think of that's left is the meeting you've got at sundown. And I'm stuck on this island. What meeting? I was going to meet with Jacob with uh, with uh, Jacob. Um, oh, that's right, Marsh. Well, you know what? I I tell myself that I I, I I wasn't sure what I was going to be able to do anyway for him. I could have made him an offer of my own genetic material, but. I've given him the information, and if he's not going to tell the high priest to move the, the damn submarine, you know, without a, the prostitute, uh, it's like, dude, I gave you the information. You know, you now have the ability to prevent this war. Mm-hmm. Do it. I ain't gonna bring you a human sacrifice <laughs> to do it. So I'm worried. But I'm not. I'm not frantic about it. We still have a couple days before the the part of uh, uh, Havana actually begins looking for the the sub. So I might miss this meeting, but I, I whatever. I, I'm going to miss the meeting because I have no way off the island. No, no, no quick way off. We might still might still have time depending on what happens, but yeah. Well, it was set for sunset, so. Well, it's still what midday right now. Isn't it afternoon sometime? Mid afternoon. Yeah. There's still time, maybe, but. Maybe, maybe. I have even no idea probably doing that. So, anyway. I'm, I'm thinking. Just, well, no, I, I. Oh, or well, maybe you weren't here that day. Okay, that's right. I was, going to, I was going to ask, have you, Doug, as you've got a bit of time, did you want to explore the rest of the tower? Because you, you're very much aware that this is the foundations. Yeah, if it looks like there's something there, I'll, I'll, I'll explore the rest of the tower. If I come to a room and it's just a couple of bunks, I don't think there's anything there. No. Um, <laughs> one thing I should have mentioned to, um, to Eamon, actually, there is, the staircase does continue going up beyond that, but there is another, um, there are, obviously, there is more above this area. Um, that comes to a, the staircase ends in a giant bank vault style door, um, but it is partially open. Oh. Well, you better go in. <laughs> I'll go in. Uh-huh. Uh, this this leads you into the basement of the restaurant part of the, um, the complex above you. Okay. But this is where it becomes like the normal territory on the island. So I've gone down, right? Is that what you're saying? Or yeah, um, the, the lowest floor is the workshop. Then above that, you've got the kind of the living quarters area where the books were okay. and the giant was. 
Above that is the very basic bunk room. And then above that is the opening through the bank vault door into uh, the, base, uh, the basement of the restaurant above it. I see. Yeah. So, go ahead. Well, let's say go. That, that just seems like when I, I go up into it, I'm like, oh, this is just the basement of the restaurant? Yeah, there are packing crates. Um, there's plenty of foodstuffs which are down here. It seems very mundane in compared to what you've experienced okay. below. So, and then there's a restaurant above that. Yeah, um, with nice wide open glass vistas that show you um, the Bosphorus all around and also give you um, a look down to the um, dock that's here where you can see there is a boat moored up there. Okay, so we do have a way off. Okay, cool. But there's nobody here. It's just us. Yeah, it's deserted. All right, so I'll head back down to Eamon. Mm-hmm. Have you looked around? What did you I find? Said, I said the most I, f- I found some occult books upstairs that I'm not sure that they're worth bringing. I mean, I don't want to carry books around with me. But I did look out the window and I saw there is a boat. So we do have a way off the island. In anything? Have you seen anything through the mist? Nope. I was tempted to cross through a couple times just because I want to see what it feels like, but I've maintained the vigilance thus far. Well, I mean, if you want, I'll, I, if you just want to feel the feeling, I can hold on to your hand. You don't want to get sucked away. I don't, I don't, I don't trust it. I, I find it's all way too convenient. How long are we going to wait before we close this gate? Because we can't leave without closing this gate. Uh, I don't know. If, if they're literally in limbo, then time has no meaning. They could stay there for a million years and come back and, you know, we'd still be here right now. And they'd be like, oh, you're still here and alive. And it would yeah. seem like nothing we'd to us. Like- Yes, we've lived here together for years and years. <laughs> no, no, it won't be like, but Just I don't wait. know. So, like, they could think, whoa, they closed it as soon as we went in, and we might have been waiting for days to do it, you know? Maybe they already did that, and then they just went right back in and came back out right now. <laughs> the thing is, if they went to that place beyond this place, do not they not have the power to just show up and appear and whatever gods do i I don't know maybe we wait a few minutes longer my dog's gonna attack my cat hold on a second i mean we you got a snack we could just eat and hang out for a bit (laughs) we could uh here's here's the thing do we wait do we wait it looks like if we damage this arch, the arch closes. If they, if they're traveling in time and space or outside time and space, then theoretically they could come back anywhere. Um, I, we just have to set some sort of limit on it. Uh, two hours, two days. Does anybody else ever come to this island except Fahidi and Ekmechi? Uh, well, don't under repair crews that come here are people are construction workers right now that are making this? Yeah, there's there's workmen that are still conducting the um, but the rent not renovations, the um, the building work here and the decorating. But they're so, not doing it today. No. 
not this late. I was going to say, if nobody was coming here, we could wait a week and come back. And if if not, then we could close it. But we can't risk workmen finding this and walking through. No, we can't. Well, you said your main concern was not having anything else come out either. I agree with that equally. But so we shouldn't leave it unguarded. I don't know. Maybe maybe you, you watch it. I'll go find a bite and come back. We think about it. Well, there might be food upstairs. Um, well, how about what if we wait until midnight? And if they don't come back by midnight, we close this gate. All right. I mean, that gives them, what, seven or eight hours? In mortal time, plenty of time is what it gives them. Do you guys hear that out there? Yeah, till midnight. We're closing <laughs> it in eight hours. <laughs> I don't really want to sit here, but do you have a, maybe we can bring any cards with you, damn it. Kind of run wait, in real quick. Wait, wait. I was playing cards with that guy, wasn't I? Yeah. I should have a set of cards. All right, deal it up. We're playing for smokes. And that's what uh, I do. I'm Should we go fish? Go fish. Has to be. All right. All right. Indeed, two drums and a cymbal do indeed fall off a cliff somewhere very close by. Um, in short, there's a little montage sequence of you playing cards. Um, cigarettes get passed back and forth. Maybe you change the game a couple of different times, but all throughout, this gate is still open. And no, nothing. They nothing. It's, it's eerie after a while just being sat next to this thing or at least in proximity to it. Yeah. Like it's watching us. Or something's watching you. Almost as if the mist itself was, was sentient it's and sentient. just silently watching. Okay. Well, it's midnight. I think that we're going to have to close that gate. Oh my God! <laughs> Lebeau is gonna haunt haunt me from the grave. You know what? I have this feeling. That's what he's thinking. Well, uh, let's see what we can use to to do this. You you're gonna. I want you to wreck your gun. Let's just find a, piece, a heavy piece of furniture or something that we can. Okay. I was going to say, there are hammer and chisels around oh, here. Oh, there were. Workshop. So I imagine we both get our chisels ready and our hammers, and we're like, you know, five, four, three. Last I, chance to get out. I think it would be a great twist if I just pushed you in and then did it. Man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so tempted on that. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think if we do the hammer and chisel thing, one on each side of the doorway, each find like a, a main stone, something we can really get underneath real easy and just a couple, you know, a couple chinks and just chink, 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 and just chisel one out and see what happens. And yeah. Next, there is a loud thwack then as you hit it and almost like the sound of an electrical circuit shorting out, but and then there is just stone in front of you. Just returning back to the wall where it should have been. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. They could have been eaten. I mean, we don't know what was on the other side there. 
maybe there's some truth to what that guide was saying. And I hope, I hope for their sake, there was. I hope that whatever enlightenment they get, they uh, use it for, for good things. All right. Amen. Do you want to come with me to, uh, to talk to Jacob Marsh? He looks like a half fish, half human. He's probably like just worn out and tired by that point. Just kind of like, yeah, I guess. Something physical I can put my hands on or not. <laughs> so to speak. Now that I think about it, it might be too dangerous. Uh, I won't shoot. He sort, of, he sort of trusts me, but you might represent the, the faction that he was trying to fight against. I don't know. I could stand in the back quietly. Your choice. Uh, somebody has to stay alive. <laughs> report back to uh, to uh, agent uh, to to N. Why don't you go back and write up a report to N, and I will take care of this problem. You're gonna tell go face happened. the fish people alone and try to stop a war all by yourself. I'm just gonna tell him. I'm not going to bring you a human sacrifice. Just, just tell them, stop this war before it happens. All right. Let's let's get off the island first, and then we'll All worry right. about getting back to our respective places. All right. Well, you can drop me off. I don't know if you want to get off. Well, we're going to have to go to the same place, so we might I, as well go. I I must feel like as we're leaving the doorway, when we look at each other, I'm just like, you know how to drive a boat? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, piloting skills. One. We'll figure it out. It's going to be great. I think it just, I think it's going to be docking that's going to be the hard part. <laughs> it's not my boat. I don't care. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Considering it's a motor-driven boat, it's a case of t- turning a key, putting a throttle down, and then just steering the wheel. Oh. Aiman exactly said it's going to be docking that's going to be the, the hard bit. We'll so, probably crash into the dock, but not badly. Cool. As Indy said, fly yes, land no. Yeah. Perfect. Um, so we're going to head towards where the mansion is. Mm-hmm. Okay. In which case, can I have a spot hidden roll as you are heading up the coast? Are you sure? Like, I could probably stay at the boat. I'm going to roll this too. I'm you can gonna... stay at the boat if you want. 27. I just don't think I could abandon... Oh, I got a two. I don't think I could ab- abandon another person tonight, you know? Because I feel that's like what it is. So anyway. 27 out of 75. Gotcha. And an O2. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right, you both see it then as you're heading up the river. Um, there's a reasonable amount of water traffic that you're passing. Um, so there's occasional moments where you're having to steer away from oncoming vessels and so on and just basically meander your way up the river. Um, there are a couple of things that you do notice, though. Um, they're flashing blue lights on the Bosphorus Bridge uh, when you go uh, when you're heading below it and oh, then yeah. past it on the uh, tower. Yep, yeah. yeah. uh, it does seem to be there is a fairly active police presence on the uh, on the tower that's closest to the Asian side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine why that might be. That's weird. Um, but also, as you are heading further uh, further up the river, as you are getting into get my pronunciation right here, uh, Yenik, uh, Yenikur, that 
there's seems to be again another police presence by one of them. Um, this is an area where it's quite um, there's lots of mansions which um, border onto the river. There are lots of um, jetties that come out from it. Um, there's one mansion here in a semi-commercial-ish district. You can see there's some restaurants here, um, there's some offices and so on. There's another police, a couple of police cars with lights flashing um, outside one mansion and what seems to be an empty dock where there should be a boat but there isn't one there now. Um, otherwise it just the, the lights happen to catch, uh, catch your eye. It's not a part of the town that you've been to um, before. But again you sail on past it and within about an hour you make your way to uh, the Romelli Kavigi brothel where you've been to before. You now recognize it from the, ang uh, from the angle from the water. Um, the long jetty is still there where Albaf's boat is um, still perched. Okay. And you can bring the boat up um, alongside it. Um, give me that piloting roll just to see how badly you do so. Or maybe goodly, depending on how your roll goes. So it's, okay, so I, I, I just remember looking at my character sheet and I know if this applies or not. Um, and it's like one o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. At this point, yeah. I, I think that's a... Is that a crash into the dock, or...? I no, rolled no, 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 no. I just remember that I, I had a phobia I wrote down on my character sheet. I don't know if it... It says large bodies of water at night, especially <laughs> near a civilization. Oh, mm-hmm. So I yeah. don't know if that's something you want to play into it or if that matters or not. So anyway, or if it affects my role or whatever, I just... I forgot about it until now. Maybe Eamon was determined and he took off in the boat, but as we get closer, it's just like... Yeah, give me a sanity roll. Okay. Yeah. I think Eamon was grabbing a hold of my arm, and that's why I rolled a 99. <laughs> you're like, you're supposed to be driving. Oh, God, I'm scared. What are you doing? <laughs> All right, uh, sanity. And I'm going to pass. Okay. Yeah, you're not freaking out as such, but you do grab onto uh, Jacoby's arm almost subconsciously enough that it does mean that he completely totals the front of the boat, ramming, in, ramming it into the jetty. Oh, is um, he driving? Yep. Oh, okay. He, he rolled it um, and to the point where you can hear very quickly the boat starts to take on water. Oh, boy. So, so I was like near the end, I'm just like, oh, Jacoby, oh, crap. And I like, I jostle him just enough. Is you can weird? swim, can't you? I don't want to. Oh, well, can we, are we close enough to the dock that we can jump onto the dock? Oh, you're kind of embedded into the... Uh, okay. the <laughs> yeah, just see if we can get off. Oh, we get off. I, I want to get up to land as quick as possible. All right. Okay, um, you, you run a jump off the edge of the boat onto the, um, onto the jetty and start running full pelt towards land when you realize that coming out of the dark in front of you, uh, they're not moving, but you are rapidly towards them. Um, you can see a small group of figures waiting at the end of the jetty. Uh-oh. Um, one of them being particularly amphibian and vaguely familiar. Great. There it is. So I'll stop and <laughs> definitely pull out the shotgun. Just, I mean, at least get Yeah, Jacoby's... I stopped dead after hustling. He's going to yeah. catch up. I'm like, I, I put my hand on your shotgun. Like, no. <laughs> down, 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 down. Nope. Put it down. I, I, they're supposed to be here. See. Oh, you got us in a load of trouble, haven't you? No, no fast movements, no aggressive movements, please. 
He's just mumbling curse words. <laughs> I take I, the lead and I start walk, walking forward to where they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marsh is um, Marsh is looking at Eamon with so not a degree of disdain, but definitely he's looking at the gun, looking back up at uh, looking back up at Eamon, and then looking over at you. He's he's okay. We've we've just had a crazy night. He nods. Yeah, we understand that you may have been delayed. You were supposed to be here some time ago. I'm sorry. Um, uh, there's, I, I don't know what to say. There's no way I can get that girl that you wanted. Uh, but I've told you the danger. I've told you what's coming. And uh, that the ship probably arrived sometime today. Uh, and they're going to begin looking for that submarine tomorrow or the next day. Uh, so my recommendation is to move the, to, to get them to move the, the sub. I don't know what else I can offer you. It's not me you have to offer it to. He turns to the water and he, almost like a dog um, howling at the moon. It, it rides back and opens its giant maw of a mouth and roars. Um, the sound echoes out across the water and you can see emerging out of the waves um, what starts with three prongs or sort of a trident being carried and held in the hand of this significantly larger creature that's wearing a golden crown upon its head and has almost like a leathery cape that comes down off of clasps off its shoulders and just strides up through the mud. And I, I, I reach back to, to Eamon and I'm like, just keep your wits about you. <laughs> He's right. keep it. Just keep your wits about you. We, we're fucked, rightly. No, we might not be. Okay. I still my my guns are still loaded and ready to go, but he has he does keep them down at his side. He's you know he's not going to be an idiot about it. Um, I'm going to, you know, use standard techniques. If I see, if I see the fish people, well, these people behaving in a certain manner, I'm going to try to mimic their behavior. If this is their high priest and they're bowing or they're doing something or whatever, I'm going to show the same kind of obeisance to their high priest. Yeah, you, you, essentially, you essentially copy Marsh's movements so that he um, he bows. Um, Albath, who's also there, bows as well. Okay. Uh, and there are a couple of other figures that you can see in the background that also do the same thing. Um, they are keeping a fair way back, but you can just about recognize these are the guards that previously look at, um, that you've met guarding the building. Mm-hmm. Um, Benici and uh, the lady of the house down in uh, down in Istanbul Court are not here. Okay. You said the guards. Are you talking about the guards that I knifed, or like other guards that he met? Um, these are they. Um, when Jacoby turned up to the broth, the, ma- the mansion itself, there were a right. couple of people oh. here already. It's those guards that look after this okay. location, not the ones that you guys. Okay. We, we also played cards. We played fish. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, how many how many bodies are there right now currently? Like if you can get to account. There's the big uh, the big deep one that's just come out of the water. Mm-hmm. There's Marsh, 
there's Alvaf and two other guards. So there are five other people here besides yourself. That's not a Okay. Okay. Um, this figure comes out of the say out of the water, strides through the mud, and then climbs up onto the jetty and just stands looking over everyone here. It's by far the tallest figure here. Um, there is a very brief, guttural, almost discussion that happens between the two, um, the two deep ones. At which point, the larger, the evidently the high priest, as he's been described to Jacoby before, looks down uh, specifically to Jacoby. Mm -hmm. So you do not have her. I, I could not get her. No, she was not there. Then what do you have to offer? I, I don't know what you value. But if, if there is something else and I can obtain it for you, I will. In the spirit of goodwill. It kind of cocks its head. Goodwill? Friendship. I, I mean, no animosity towards your people. I, I want only to be to learn from you and to be uh, in cooperation with you, to trade with you. You can see its eyes narrow, but it leans in closer and closer towards you. You can catch almost the, the breath coming off this thing is foul. Yeah, and I don't look at square in the eyes because that's rude, maybe. <laughs> um, give me a persuade roll. Okay. Oh, I'm man. also going to say about the great danger that, that may be here. Get ready to use your luck points there. I know I got a six. Oh, never. Um, what was it, persuade? Yeah. What is my persuade? I think it's 80 odd, isn't it? It's quite high. Yeah. <laughs> I, right? Maybe I use all the right words. <laughs> so it, you can see it's definitely considering, even though you don't look it in the eye, you can almost hear the cogs turning in its mind. So you genuinely wish nothing out of this other than to protect both sides. Yes. I, I wish knowledge. I wish to learn more about your people. Mm -hmm. Kind of turns and then looks at Eamon. What about you? <laughs> he's, he's my friend. He just happens to be here because we had kind of a crazy night. I don't know if that translates. I, I put my hand on your shoulder and like, I'm like, I am, I'm, just, I'm just the guard. I look like I nod towards his other henchmen. I'm like, I'm one of them. Hey, okay, nods. That's not a lie. You may go. He's saying that to me. Yes. I'll, I'll catch up later. Like hell, you will. So I, I, I look at him like, I just look at you and I'm like, how long do I wait? 
um, make your reports and, uh, and, you know, wait until, I don't know what's the end of the mission. You, there still might be some follow-up that you might need to do, but I'll, I'll come back to the apartment. Fine. I'll see you later. Okay. I have to walk past this monster or is it on the water side? Yeah, you, you have to walk past it. <laughs> just want to put my shotgun right in its gut. Oh, God. I don't know if it's like, does he have his head about him? I guess he does, right? We didn't make sanity rolls. We didn't go crazy here. We've, we've dealt with them before in our own ways, right? So You are somewhat hardened to this particular mythos threat. Yeah, you knew what you were going to face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he said, "I can go," but Jacoby's basically going to stay, and they're going to have out with whatever. I I guess Eamon starts walking. I almost feel like I'm making dice roll of some sort. I don't know. Um, his gun's still loaded. I mean, I, I mean, if if anything makes a move at me, I will I will shoot it. No, they're just watching you. They're just making sure that you don't do anything stupid. But Jacoby really, really wants this, and he really wants to save lives. And, and really, if I was to shoot this thing right now, that would probably start a war. So Keenan's yeah. like, <laughs> like holding that in his head. He's like, it's the greater good. It's greater good. Ah. And then so he'll continue. But I think what he'll do is he'll leave, but I probably, I'll probably double back and from a distance watch, watch. what happens. Mm-hmm. In which case, you get up towards the mansion, so you are walking off into the dark. And as you are far enough away, you see the, th- um, the priest lean over Jacoby and just raise one large clawed hand. And it rests its hand on your, sh- uh, then rests its, that clawed hand on his shoulder. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, it's all pulling you down to, uh, down to one side. And he says, if you wish to learn, there is only one effective way of doing that. To you join understand? your people? Let's say to join would be to become one. I doubt you can become one. That's not feasible. But your offspring might. Ah. Uh, you require uh, uh, mating. Females usually perform better. Males have a place. But we are always, as you so kindly offered, we are always looking for those which will help us. And those that wish to learn can do so best with us. You can exist with us, but not necessarily become one of us. Can I also exist on the land, as I have in the past? It nods. This will only help to facilitate your passage to our city. From there, you will have all the time in the world that you need. I think I will accept your offer. Um, but uh, can I have some time to put things in order before I leave? Mm-hmm. It nods. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 if I haven't already, I explained to them about the submarine and everything. And, all right. Yeah, that, the, the priest agrees that as long as you return here within the next 24 hours, that they will not make any aggressive action towards any other 
human vessel that will go to their city okay. and they will move the remains of the prototype submarine that's the, that was still fallen near their city. They will move it further up the Bosphorus Canyon so that it won't endanger them if anyone wants to find it. Okay. So right. 24 hours and then you leave the human world behind. Okay. For now. For now, yeah. I can go back and forth and that'll be cool. Mm -hmm. And they start walking off into the water. Okay. So I, I leave and I start heading back towards the uh, apartment. Mm -hmm. Right. We are rapidly approaching kind of coda territory here where we're going to be wrapping up um, all of the character stories. Okay. So, Eamon, um, Jacoby does, meet, um, does catch up with you. As you said, you were waiting around. I'll, I'll probably like come out of the darkness and be like and like grab him on the shoulder like hey. <laughs> uh, I'll admit that I was thrilled beyond belief, except that at the same time I was terrified. So, mm -hmm. I think everything is going to be okay. I guess we'll find out in the next couple of days. I'm ready to go back to America. That's all I have to say. Mm. All right. What do you do over the course of the next uh, 24 hours? Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they do with Majash and some of the other people, but are you talking about for like, what do we do specifically? I mean, I have a, I guess, I know as far as the CIA stuff is, we're going to have to explain somehow how our comrades went missing. <laughs> and then, then write in the real report to end with everything, like no holds barred, no, and I would, you know, we would both probably make a thorough report to N before Jacoby takes off. And well, I don't, I don't tell O'Sullivan what I'm going to do. Okay, sure. I do, I do lead him to believe that, um, you know, if I put a few things into order, then everything will be fine. Uh, what they're asking is very little uh, to convince them, and uh, and then we'll be done with our mission. I do think that Majash should be taken out of the picture. But if we, if we write a recommendation to the CIA and let them handle it from there? Well, the CIA would want to know why. And we can't exactly tell them he's a brother of the skin. I mean, uh, if we could, in the next 24 hours, if we could get those reports done and get your stuff in order so you can go back, even though I don't know it's going to happen, and we can take out Majash, I mean, Eamon's like, yeah, I, sure. Right. Um, I don't know if that's feasible, though. That's up to Matthew. Well, mm -hmm. I think that whatever I sort of say to you, ultimately, I'm going to leave you a letter that just says, uh, you won't be seeing me again, but uh, I, think that every, I think that everything is safe. And I'm sorry to leave you like this, but it was sudden. I'm not. I'm not. Ca I'm not captured or anything like that. He like you crumple it in his hand and be like, "We'll see about that." <laughs> we'll get to that in the coda here in a few. Uh, so there's um, Jacoby then standing on the shore of the Bosphorus as 24 hours roll by, and your entourage from the city under the sea, uh, under the Black Sea, come to greet you and just with open arms gesture for you to come into the water. I suppose I strip, and then they go, ah! 
Sam, roll for me. <laughs> they discover all of my tentacles. Um, well, yeah. Okay. So I join them. Yeah. Um, as your head, as the rest of your body submerges, your head is the last thing to go down. Um, you feel one of them from behind come um, put their hand on your neck and their claws sink into the flesh and slowly cut open a set of gills. Almost moulding and reworking the flesh underneath their own. Hmm. And then as the rest of your body submerges, after that tentative moment of desperately holding your breath as long as you can, when you finally give way and start breathing in, water flows in and you feel very much at home. Oh, cool. And the idea that the freezing cold water doesn't feel freezing cold and the pressure doesn't seem to bother me. So Just comfortable. Cool. Yay! Eamon um, yep. is uh, gearing up to uh, to go on to take out um, a jash. Yeah, that's not, that's not the main thing I was thinking of doing at the end story, but I guess that's probably what he would do, I guess, almost all alone, unless he got some some help or whatever but that's that's potentially when you're you're cleaning up your rifle just at the, um, the point when you obviously find jacoby's note and that you're thinking that this this is going to go down it's going to go down soon this might slow your plans down a little bit but you still got time to to wrap up because you mentioned um you were thinking of including someone else in your plans yeah that was, that's a whole like i was thinking almost and depending on how you feel like it would be like even a year or two down the road like this kind of thing but is that something we're going to get to or can we come back to that in a minute yeah we, we can we can deal with that all right actually can i have a moment i need to use the restroom <laughs> okay all right, we'll, we'll skip to the others then because uh, okay. they are still there all right i'm gonna come right back right lebo postgate and volkova i'm hoping you're still out there in the black aha let there be light yes in fact there is light there is a yellow flash as you pass through um, pass through this gate and pass a considerable distance. Um, we won't worry about mechanical spends, but you are going to cross off a quite large amount of magic points, not enough to end up killing you, because that would be somewhat anticlimactic, um, but crossing, uh, crossing over is draining, to say the least. Um, you find yourselves stood in what seems to be the lobby of a very large library. And you can see there are books um, lining the walls here. There are bookcases, there are corridors which stretch off into, almost seemingly into infinity in various directions. Apart from one facet, one wall of the lobby that you're in opens up into a courtyard that in turn overlooks a lake. Um, on, in that courtyard you can see there are various chairs which are positioned and tables. It looks quite nice. It's almost neoclassical in design, also like a med- maybe a Mediterranean feel to it. Um, there is a familiar figure sat reading a book on one of these tables looking out over to this lake where twin suns set behind it with towers rising behind them. I shall walk out to the courtyard. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you do so. There's a warm breath of air that washes over you. 
and you can hear the sounds of distant revelry. There's music playing, there's people laughing, everything seems happy in the distance, but you can't see anybody, it's just you can hear it. But Vahidi is sat there, she hears the door open, and she turns to look at you, um, gently closing the book in front of her, and sees the three of you. Ah, I am, I am very glad you came. Yes, well, I, I weighed up the pros and cons. And um, I thought it was the best course of action. Not, yeah, it's, um, it was never my intention that anyone would get hurt. Honestly, all I ever sought was knowledge. And I thought that's what Ekmechi wanted as well. He was considerably more happy to get his hands dirty in the process than I was. So I'm, I'm glad that I finally found someone who seems to have a similar outlook to me. Yes. So what, what are your plans now? What's what's the next step? Well, for myself, I've got to build another key, as my uh, my one's gone missing. That will take some time. It's not a not an instant process. Although there is plenty, there are plenty of materials that we can use here. And she gestures around. Um, this is a veritable city. There are plenty of pieces of jewellery that I found. Um, already coming here. This is the one place that um, Tawela Tamur suggested that I should come if I wanted materials. And there's plenty here to build another key. In fact, she, you know, she casts an eye over the three of you. In fact, four keys. Um, she looks towards Lebo and Volkova. You're also, you're also happy with this? You wish I to? I know. Yeah, that's my intent too. To build my own. And she uh, she gets up from the chair and uh, gets up from the chair and walks over towards you, extending a hand. And I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yes, I think this is going to be the beginning of something something very unique. <laughs> yes, um, lady and gentleman. In a hopefully a not too distant time, we shall join with the ranks of the ancient ones. Well, let us hope that we can be benevolent. Well, let's let us begin. <laughs> yep, there is a lot to do, and we leave you on the shores of the Lake of Harley, um, on the distant world of Carcosa, if you're ready to fashion your own silver key. A step outside of time and space forever. No, the only one that seems to be getting at least a normal exit from this seems to be Eamon. But doesn't Natalia have the key in her pocket? <laughs> no, no, we'll get to that. Oh. <laughs> My turn. Yeah, this is uh, wrapping up where where you seem to go. It's a little bit. I'll probably. I'll try not to be too long-winded here. Um, but I, I liked. I liked this idea. 
um, for him. I, I think it like whatever fades out and it, it's it, like it, we, the camera comes in and it's like this stretch of farmland across America. And we see it, you know, it's just outside of, um, oh, what's the capital of Iowa? I can't think. Iowa it's, City. <laughs> I'll just say, yeah, we'll say like outside of Iowa City, Iowa, United States, three years oh. later. And it comes in on this like big farm. I mean, it's a big landlocked state in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of uh, Des Moines. Yeah, thank you. Um, in the middle of nowhere. And you got this farm, this big farm field. All the hands are going home for the day. And it comes and it comes close. And there's this like uh, Turkish woman we recognize. And I'll probably forget her name. Um, let me go down to it. If you're married to her, you better not forget her name. <laughs> <laughs> and he is, actually. Yes, yeah, Sadika Arap, as we recognize, as, was the uh, the prostitute that Eamon saved. And uh, she's there. She has a, a diamond on her on her left ring finger. And she's packing their two kids in the car with Eamon's parents. And she's just like, yeah, no, it, we have some business to take care of for a couple weeks. We'll, we'll, come and, we'll come and visit you real soon. Oh, well, are you better, dear? Are you better? Like, yeah, okay. And she packs the kids up and the parents take off with the kids. And we see her come around the back of the barn where there's a semi-truck that's just unloaded this gigantic metal crate in the back. And Eamon's there with his overalls on and his, you know, like this. And he just like spats this big hawk of chew because he doesn't smoke anymore, but he does chew like a good old Midwestern farm boy. And he's talking to the driver and the driver's like, can I get you anything else? And he's like, no, you done fine, brother. Thank you. Hoorah. He's like, try to simplify. And you can just tell he's one of his brothers in arms. And so the semi driver shortly thereafter takes the semi and leaves. And they look at each other and he's like, well, the delivery's here. I'm kind of frightened. He goes, my toe, but this is how we get answers. And you see like he checks his overall pockets and it's the letter from Jacoby in there from like three years prior. And he's like, this is what's gonna lead us. He goes, but you gotta be brave. She goes, they terrified me before. And he's like, well, I'm here with you. And he, like, you can see these guys' father's knife in his hand. So they, it basically shows the scene, and they jack open the top of this metal box. And inside, the, the salt water splashes. And inside is, like, chained this adolescent deep one that's been delivered to Eamon. And he's like, all right, ready to answer some questions? And as they hold hands and look inside this terrified fish person. I like it. That's it. There we go. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, what are you doing with my son? I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, going to find you. <laughs> and from the PCs, uh, from the investigator's perspective, that is where the curtain drops and mm -hmm. darkness falls. That is the end of the story. Excellent. Uh, I think for one, uh, if we think of it, there's a film as the credits start rolling. Um, there's one little loose end, um, but this is our kind of after credits uh, scene. We go back to the book bazaar, where there is the antique bookstore. Um, it reopens the next morning with Burak coming, uh, turning up and wondering where his boss and his friend um, have gone. He reads in the newspaper about what's happened to them. 
and with a heavy heart realizes that he alone as one uh, one cultist of Daloth isn't going to achieve um, achieve anything significant. But he starts going through um, Iagul's possessions and starts reading through her books, um, some other tomes that she had, and in particular one um, book that he opens up and finds a note inside that says, this, and underscored this, this proves that Istanbul is the city on the threshold, the intersection between this world and beyond. This will be the place where we will save humanity. And he starts flicking through um, to find this um, leather-bound book, a journal, um, that's uh, named Dr. Elizabeth Keith, that then starts to inform him about the history of the Brotherhood of the Skin and how their fall from grace began and he reads that long into the night as darkness falls cool and the end nice right one little loose end man <laughs> but there are a few other loose ends but uh then we'll, we'll get to a few of those this is the part of uh, one of the parts i always like about doing a campaign is we'll have uh, we can do a quick wrap-up of any yeah. questions you had or any other things that were going on in the background um, that you want to to know. So if anyone has any questions, fire away. Yeah. What about the the guy who was doing the King in Yellow? Ah, oh, right. Um, Fur or Fur. Right. Yeah. Um, he had been. Um, he'd gone to Istanbul a couple a year ago to scout the place out, looking for talent that he could take back to Paris, because um, he wants to. He's a bro member of the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign. He wants actors that can perform the King in Yellow for him. Um, the Festival of Istanbul um, is a basically almost like ringing the dinner bell for someone like that. It's go go and find such minds that are um, that are very susceptible. But see, he's not anything to do with time and space. He has no way of hiding himself when he goes into town. So, um, what's his name? Um, my mind's gone blank. So Egmechi, that's it. Mm -hmm. um, foresees him coming and confronts him, basically saying, "Get the hell out of my town." take your filthy god and go back to Paris. Right. And that's what the altercation was. It's that he didn't want anyone turning up that worshipped another god and that would potentially try to carve a little bit of the city out for himself. It's literally that he is slighted, he's, his pride is burnt, and he's gone back there looking for revenge. So he's kind of a wild card that you can use him to direct against any of the other cults as you see fit. Ah, I see. So he wasn't really any great danger himself to anybody. No, he is literally a solo cultist on a mission of. Uh, he's just claimed he's sort of crying vendetta and he's trying to get um, trying to get his own back on Ekmechi. And then how about uh, uh, Majash? Uh, he is again. He's a very, very, very minor threat. Um, he's got the personal yeah. investiture that Ekmechi and his pet assassin wiped out the whole cult in the space of one night. And it's only by him doing consume likeness on a known underworld figure and taking their identity that he's been able to survive all this time. Mm. Um, he is, again, it's very much a personal angle for him. He, you could use him as a point and click directing him potentially at the, at the cult of Yogg-Sothoth when you find out who they are. But again, he's not cloaked. So they perceive the threat coming out. But you can use him as a distraction. You could potentially use him as an ally. But he's more than likely going to blow up in your face when he finds out that you know who did this to his uh, to his cult and you don't tell him. Mm. 
and Bowie. We took him out though, right? Yeah. yeah that, that, that would be a long process, but that would have happened in that three year period. He's not invincible, but he's just, he's pretty tough to take down. And then I guess the ultimate question is, how about uh, Vladim uh, Kark? Uh, Kasikov. Kasikov. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Wayne, do you want to fill the, um, answer that question? <laughs> Actually, I was going to ask, um, <clears throat> was the uh, agent um, that I had sent to my, my room, was he successful? Oh, yes. Because no, okay. one, no one's gone back there. So. <laughs> well, yeah, what's all this secret stuff? Well, yeah, answer which answer answer the questions in the order that make most sense. But well, Natalia uh, was posing as a nuclear scientist. But I she, knew it. <laughs> Good job. She was KGB. So um, all those calls that she was getting, she was reporting to the KGB. She was ah. reporting everybody's actions um, and was getting um, uh, assignments as well. Um, as far as Klasikov, um while you guys were doing your thing, she approached him and basically told him that she was going to help get him extracted. Like, his extraction is here. Oh. And he thought he was going to either the States or to, um, to Britain. And he was being sent back to, to uh, Russia. <laughs> and so that's what happened with Klasikov. Ah. Sad story. Uh, uh, back I, in Russia. I, uh, 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 Wayne, I was convinced early on that you were uh, some sort of an assassin. As you were far too good with a gun to be a scientist. Well, I was, I'm Russian. I sent, this, I sent this elaborate thing to Matthew this morning mm -hmm. saying that if I'm alone with Natalia and she tries to do something, I'm going to throw that vial of pain stuff in her face and I'm going to get the hell out. And I gave him this elaborate, I'm going to run down this street and then that street and this street and this street and I'm going to head for a cab and I've got clothing stashed and how I was going to get out of the country. Because <laughs> I was convinced that you were going to clean up the mess when it was all over with. Oh. Taking us all out. That wasn't that wasn't my instructions. So you guys were safe unless they told me to kill everybody. Then, well, and that goes for the rest of you too, because I was thinking that if it wasn't you, then it was Postgate, then it was Sullivan, and then it was LeBeau. One of you was going to try to take me out because I was far too involved with the uh, about it, the magic stuff. Yeah, there was another mover and shaker um, and instable uh, while we were there. Um, that I had to do a secret mission to take him out as well. Ah. And I didn't kill him, but I knocked him out and <laughs> delivered him. Cool. That was, uh, that was actually kind of fun. Well, it was an outstanding <laughs> game. I had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad it went down well. Uh, the, for reference, that, uh, that bit that Wayne just mentioned about taking out the, um, the Carla-type figure, uh, to use it in the kind of Lacarian terms, um, I did drop uh, a hint in very, very early on. I think it was actually in the meeting with uh, at the Galata Tower um, that Ilya Petrov was one of the um, kind of big Soviet spies known in the area, but he died in a, um, a fire years ago. Mm -hmm. That was just the cover story for him being taken back to Moscow to become a trainer for other KGB spies. Uh. He is the whole mastermind behind the whole plot um, regarding the... Sub, um, regarding the um, 
the heart of Havana, the fake story about the nuclear bomb, etc. Um, he is trying to engineer a confrontation between um, East and West in Istanbul, where it looks like, um, the way he's engineered it, that the, um, the West rush onto the heart of Havana thinking they're going to stop a nuclear bomb, but they rush in to find the SUV on board ready to go on their last uh, ditch rescue mission to try and find anyone left alive on the, sub on the submarine. The reporter is there to then make it basically broadcast this to the world to say this is the West, these are the people that don't care about um, the submarine, um, the submariners being rescued and so on, uh. and to cause the whole thing to go, um, in modern terms, go viral. Um, he's the one that engineered that whole plot. Um, he has gone rogue and he is very much a rogue, uh, rogue Soviet agent. The spot hidden role I had you make to go up the Bosphorus um, when you saw the police lights by that mansion. That, that was the fallout from Volkova having take, um, basically kidnapped him outside his mansion. Uh. Um, <laughs> um, yes. He is also, um, that, that office, that mansion, is the office of Seran Letting. Um, Seran uh. is, his cover, um, is his cover is Petrov's cover identity in Istanbul. He has this huge network of places, properties that he has bugged and has been keeping an eye on, including ironically enough, the place that the CIA hired to put you guys up in the apartment block. Mm -hmm. um, also, the, um, the brothel down by the Glatter, Bri um, the Glatter Bridge, they own that building, and various other buildings all across the city, and just all bugged and all picking up what people are saying. And we, d uh, we didn't get to it, but um, this is at the, um, Tom's suggestion a long time ago. Um, we did have uh, one of your other players that's joined you, um, on games that's, uh, that knows Russian. Name escapes uh, me. Vladimir, yeah. Vladimir, that's it. Um, I sent him a transcript of um, basically the last radio message sent by the sub before the Shogoth got to it. But uh, you never, no, one ever, no one ever went into the Seran building where it was. So, um, so he uh, effectively you had this recording you could have got if you followed the, uh, the trail to Seran Letting. Actually, it's Vasil. I'm sorry, I got the wrong. I, ah, we keep saying Vladimir, Vlad, Vladim, and I said Vladimir, but it's Vasil. That's um, that's where Lebeau, um, Summerton gave you that last parting note of um, follow this up. That's one of the hints that um, Petrov is still in town. Um, Alcott, the consular, gen um, the consular general for the UK, was also a spy. At the, um, in Istanbul at the end of World War II um, as a member of the SOE. Um, he crossed paths with Petrov before and he saw him walking through the crowd down by the Grand Bazaar and that's what ordered him to stop and um, uh, basically yell at his driver, stop the car, stop the car and get out and try and find him. That's um, the whole thing about a driver seeing Alcott was acting odd. He saw the man he thought was he knew to be dead walking alive and well through the crowd and is thinking, shit, this guy's still here. He's going to be plotting something and was trying to use um, SIS to try and find out where the guy was. That's why he was becoming more and more involved in trying to direct them. Why they want, um, why the head of SIS wanted you to look into it. They wrote, what is this guy playing at? Because either he's potentially causing, a um, he's potentially a security threat because he's directing us on a wild goose chase or he may have other intentions at heart that are maybe not patriotic. We just don't know. But you need an outside force to have a look into it and work out what the hell was going on, which could have led you to Pet um, could have led you to Petrov. Hmm. 
Wow. It's, it's so awesome. the, the other question is, um, what did the Russians do with the key? Oh. Once oh. they got it. Yeah, that, they'll be taking that back to um, to Moscow and trying to work out what the hell it is. Okay. So you may have um, them accidentally using um, using this to summon up uh, Tal Ut Amur and trying to uh, trying to find out a way to get through into Limbo and the Magnum Memoriam, which is the the mist, um, the mist that births gods. That's the reason why I didn't have the key. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, so like I, that was the, the last time we were on the um, the roof, and I had gotten a call. I went down and no, actually, um, I didn't get a call. But you asked where's the key, and I said it's in my it's in my uh, hotel room. You see, you should check to make sure it's still there. So I went down there and I I made a call and I told him what was going on, and then I set it up so that we're gonna leave to do more of our investigation but while we're out sending an agent to come in take the key and toss up my room like it's been ransacked so when we, if we ever came back and you guys questioned well where's the key it's missing and uh. you're, you're you might have suspected one of you know the, the few who were after it oh i would have suspected h or something like that yeah and so she managed to get a hold of that that little gold thing that uh, Lebeau had. Mm -hmm. No, um, that um, that wasn't actually H that got that. That was Coombs. Or Combs, rather. Yeah, he stole it. He stole, he stole what? Uh, Combs finished. stole the um, the little uh, gold statue, oh. the little gold deep one statuette that you got right at the beginning. Uh, naughty, naughty. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, now, Thomas was under the impression that he figured most of this out. He had he had large parts of it. Um, particularly working out to say it was there was a nuclear threat, but as I say it was a false one in the end. It's all about trying to engineer that uh, diplomatic or international uh -huh. incident between East and West. Yeah, for the large part, he got a lot of stuff right. Cool. Um, the, the discussion he had, uh, if you want to go back and watch the the episode where he met with um, with Burke Ghazi, um, she's Black Brotherhood. Oh, um, she uh, she's an ambassador. Uh, what's referred to uh, uh, her title as the ambassador of chaos. Uh, that she has come to town looking to find out what's happened with the black uh, with the Brotherhood of the Skin, and is here to get um, to profit as much as she can and cause as much chaos in the process. Um, so if if word had ever got back to her through uh, Combs about well the cult of Dale offer here, the cult of Yogsop offer here. Um, she would play both sides off against each other, offering to um, stage terror terror attacks against like the bookshop. Uh, would quite happily drop a plane on the university um, if need be to try and get the Yogsoth off cultists and cause widespread chaos and mass massive loss of life. Wow, that was, that was, she that was absolutely fantastic. Was that was Nurton, you said? Yeah, N Nurton. Um, she, the kind of end result I had uh, with her and Combs is I envisioned that um, Combs was pretty much in it as a, I'm, I'm kind of using Section 46 as a, um, as a way to get as much magical shiny shit as I can um, and kind of almost pay the CIA a bit of lip service, but really I'm in it for myself and uh, for gain. Um, he was phone, um, working for uh, Samus, I believe, I forgot the name right, oh. <laughs> a cultist of Yig. Yeah, you know Samus. Yes. Um, he was well, effectively working for him to be able to Walt. gather magical artifacts. 
Um, but Samus had also crossed paths with the Black Brotherhood in the past, which gave Norton a way in with him saying, actually, we, we, can't, we, we know about you and him. Yeah, you're, you're a good guy. The, the way I imagined it was that after, when he went to visit her for the last time, she kind of puts an arm around his shoulder and says, you know, forget about this. We've got a lot more important things we can be doing elsewhere. Um, and I hear that Iram is lovely this time of year, that there is a lot of stuff that you can uh, that we can get from there. So they um, they basically abandon the mission and go out on a, uh, a kind of a mythos uh, tomb raider hunt to go and find stuff uh, elsewhere. Like How the chaotic of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's, right. uh, he's gone off almost to paying lip service to the Arthur Tet. All right. Any other questions before we wrap it up? I, I had I just had a couple on a couple of characters, just just small ones for my own benefit. Um, when we went to see the, the the French guy in the apartment with the weird music playing, and I saw the the woman in the dress or whatever. Oh yeah. What was that? Casilda, one of the characters in the King in Yellow. It says he's um, as he's reading the play. Um, the way I view the King in Yellow is it distorts reality around it, uh. so it's very easy to create gates to Carcosa. So that was literally one of the characters from the play that you saw lurking in the dark. She told me to be quiet, and I was like, holy crap. All right. <laughs> and then only because he had a slight affinity with Courtney, with Pamela Courtney, did anything happen with her? Was she just a, a small pawn? Oh, yeah. Um, Pamela, uh, that's one of the aspects we didn't, uh, we didn't go down. Yeah. Well, I, th well, I thought that the, uh, potentially the campaign could last a lot longer if you start investigating the different names that Kazakov gave you. Yep. And these, these are my information network. Um, Pamela has been brought hook, line, and sinker into this and does not realize at all what she's done. Okay. But, um, you confront her with um, evidence to say that, yep, you've actually been passing information to the Soviets. Congratulations, you're, um, you're kind of an arch traitor. Um, she tries <laughs> to commit suicide. That's how her kind of end game um, goes. Okay. But yeah, yeah by um, just kind of glossing over her, it's, she still gets to ex wrapped around her blanket of ignorance and right. ride it out maybe with a bit of a broken heart because Kazakov certainly ain't coming back from Moscow. Mm -mm. And then, three of you ascended to be gods. Woohoo! <laughs> um, my last one, just because I was curious, I don't know, we never went with him either. There's the policeman I met at the, uh, when I took her to lunch, the policeman that was watching me. Oh, but, um, that is um, Mataresi, the guy who got shot at the police, uh, the police station when LeBeau and Volkova turned up. Okay. Same guy. Okay. He's again another one of um, another one of Kazakov's network, but he's also very anti-spy. Um, he yeah. hates people using the town as their little private chessboard between east and west. I, I understand. The assassin <laughs> on the roof that was that shot the policeman. Was oh the, yeah. Was the policeman the original target, or were we just we just happened to be there at the time? You, that was pure coincidence that you um, you'd happen to go there at that point. Um, there is, it's a set scene in there that um, Benici is obviously running his brothel and doesn't, um, doesn't want any police looking around it. But Matarechi has actually started looking into him going, you're throwing a lot of gold around at the, at the Grand Bazaar that he's getting from the Deep Ones. And you're getting a lot of money as a result of this. Something sounds odd. You're, you're must, you must be involved in something dodgy. So he hires um, Ekmechi's pet assassin to then take out the policeman. So it was just that you were there at the right time when the assassin struck. And was she, in fact, did, did Vahidi ever make for them this pyramid or was Yes, that... she did, yeah. Um, 
that was on the boat. Um, in fact, Albaf's boat that you saw tied up at the jetty. Um, he is convinced that the notes that he's got from his grandfather's notebook um, give him the ability to command the Deep Ones. Um, if the whole scene on the jetty had gone south and started to, um, that he started to feel his life was in danger, his plan was to run to the boat, get hold of the pyramid, and then try to use it to command the Deep, um, to command the deep Ones to stop doing what they're doing. The uh, problem being that he only has the summon part of the spell. He does not have the bind part. Uh, so, yeah, um, for all his, uh, all his intentions, all his planning, trying to get out of the deal that he's made with the Deep Ones of ferrying all the girls uh, <laughs> to the city to, to save his own skin, result in him trying to command them and they turn around and say, no, we, we don't need you anymore. We've got the likes of Jacoby now that are offering willing active help and they will drag him into the water and drown him. <laughs> Yikes. I, I uh, all along I was telling Matthew that I was I was writing notes and writing I was making my own mythos tome. Uh, I was going to call it the Song of the Sea People. And, uh, it was going to be everything that I learned about the uh, the Ichthyandrians. All right, folks, let's go ahead and and finish this up. Our players for this uh, game. It's been an epic and amazing game. Uh, included Jeff Wilkins, Lucas Glasshauer, Mick Swan, Wayne Worthy, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as a keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us comments. We really like reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. <laughs>